0: This is Athenia, giving voice to the people who make Athens, Georgia the unique, weird, and wonderful place we call home.
1: Anytime there's a huge kind of environmental and and sustainability issue that I can remove myself from, I try to do that in my personal daily life. So I think that fashion has been one of those because I do like clothes, I like shopping, and I like, dressing up and coming up with different outfit combinations. I enjoy that because it's a way to be creative. It's a way to show people who you are without needing to interact with them. So I want to continue to be able to do that and to have fun with that and to use it as a I use it as, you know, therapy sometimes, going through Goodwill and flipping through all of the racks, you know, shirt by shirt is stress relieving for me for some reason. So I want to be able to continue to, play a part in that but without the environmental consequences and I like the idea that all of the things in my closet have a story it makes me feel connected to more people and more places as well same thing with things in my house I buy a lot of my furniture secondhand like I don't I just don't buy very many new things because there's enough out there to enjoy and to celebrate a renewed purpose for As with all sustainability or trends towards sustainability goes, it involves just more thought into your daily actions. So swapping convenience for a little more of of a challenge, if that makes sense.
0: I'm Jenny Alpa, and today on Athenia, we're talking about sustainability and fashion. Up first, producer Shannon Hoshield got the chance to talk with Sonny Baumgartner at Community, a local store in downtown Athens that repurposes and creates locally made clothing and products. Interestingly enough, Sonny started off making music and then transitioned into the sustainable fashion industry and has since started several initiatives to help people make the most out of their clothing.
2: I'm from uh, near Nuremberg in Bavaria, in South Germany. It was really hard to make money playing music mm-hmm. and I think that's generally true for a lot of artists and musicians. Mm-hmm. So to support myself I started buying and selling vintage and so I sold, you know I sold vintage clothing um, at a few stores in town for a few years mm-hmm. and um, that um, I've always enjoyed uh, vintage clothing. Okay. Mm-hmm. So and it started so out as a hobby? It started out as a hobby, and then um, it started out as kind of a, you know, like an, a side income. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Is this okay with the music? Should I turn it down? Um, um, if you could turn it out a small. Yeah, I yeah it? thank it's you. It's not anybody
3: here, anyway. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> and so, speaking to like, your creativity and also being a business owner, what mm-hmm. does an average day look like for you? And I know that can be a difficult
0: question. Well,
2: um, I have a few different average days. I think Mm. there's still... I still do... almost all of the shopping for the vintage clothing and mm-hmm. the clothing that we re- redesign and repurpose. So I do still go thrifting two days a week. Um, mm-hmm. So th- that would Where be you a full day of going through thrift stores. Mm-hmm. Um, I have kind of my secret spots that I scouted out over the years, mm-hmm. but generally I shop within about a two-hour radius around Athens. Okay. Some different thrift stores and... Flea markets and mm -hmm, Mm -hmm. all kinds of places. Uh, Knowing how clothing is produced in in the regular, you know, fashion market or in the the regular kind of fast fashion production that we know these days, there are just so many issues environmentally, ethically, um, economically. I think that um, I want to offer an alternative. Uh, to that and uh, and and also a fairly affordable alternative I think um, a big advantage of working with vintage that we redesign is that it's more affordable than making something from scratch and so I think that we're really able to offer alternative sustainable
3: fashion um, that's affordable for almost everybody and Mm -hmm. so do you think like my generation like the younger millennials Mm -hmm. like do you in your opinion think we've embraced that enough or Mm -hmm. like more education is needed like what are your thoughts on that? Well
2: uh, I would say that when I first opened the store six years ago um, a lot of the students came in and they asked me what is sustainable fashion what does it mean and I feel like you know I explained that a lot and now I don't have to explain it anymore. They come in and they're like, I want to interview you about sustainable fashion. So they, I think that there's a lot more awareness than even five years ago. And I think a lot of that happens in the school setting. I think that in fashion merchandising, I think they do talk more about sustainable fashion. Um, But I think it's also just general awareness of, you know, through documentaries or, um, you know, press. Uh, there have been uh, there have been a lot more reporting about the issues that we face with fast fashion and the environmental issues um, that it creates. So I think there is a lot more awareness there. I still think there are a lot of um, people that don't know enough about it yet, or they don't know anything about it yet. And so I think it definitely is. I see that as an important role for us to to continue to educate. Mm-hmm about why it is important to make sustainable choices in fashion. So sewing classes we started pretty much because I really wanted to learn how to sew and uh, there weren't really any Sewing classes in Athens mm-hmm. that focused on making clothing. I think the only classes that I could find was quilting, which I really wasn't interested in at the time. Um, so once I had the space, I was thinking, "Oh, now we have a space. We could have classes here." And so it was really that was really um, a personal motivation to start having sewing classes. When we first started doing alterations, I think the idea was more that um, when somebody sees something in the store that they want to buy, that we could alter it to fit them because uh, the one thing with vintage is that it's usually one of a kind. So if somebody's not, if it's not the right size or not the right fit, that I thought that would be helpful you know, to have that option available. But it quickly turned into um, where people could just bring in things to alter. It doesn't have to be purchased at community, and that's been uh, really a great service that I think people appreciate, um, having that downtown. I love that we offer that. It also, you know, we do um, encourage people to get their clothing um, repaired, make it last longer you know, also for sustainable mm-hmm. reasons but also to have things really make it fit you because it doesn't help if you have a lot of clothing in your closet but you actually never wear it because it doesn't fit right. And then you go out and buy something new but oftentimes something just needs a little tweaking and mm-hmm. and it will work great for you. So I, I like that aspect of the alterations too that we it is it helps with sustainability. And the same with the sewing classes. I mean we're teaching people to make their own clothing and um again, that also, you know, includes, like, makes it, there are some choices there. I mean, you can still go out and buy just regular fabric, and that's not very sustainable. Or you can go to the thrift store and buy something and make something new out of it. I mean, but in itself, you know, having the skill to uh, mend your own clothes, 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 uh, mend your own clothes, alter your clothes, or make your own. I think that gives you just a lot more options too and, and make make your clothes last longer.
0: For our next segment, you will hear from Sarah Bingham, who is a graduate assistant at the University of Georgia studying consumer behavior in regards to shopping sustainability.
3: And so I guess just to start off, like, what is sustainable fashion, like, in a nutshell?
4: So in a nutshell, there's three different aspects or tiers of sustainability. So you have eco-friendly stuff, like environmental, social sustainability, so that would kind of tie into, like, sweatshops, child labor type stuff. And then you do have, like, economy-based, so, like, price-wise and stuff, like, money sustainability as well, if you're a business. Um, So when you translate that all into sustainable fashion, You're looking at the production of apparel items or accessories that um, in some way, form or fashion, are um, trying to either cut down on environmental damage or they kind of make some kind of social efforts for the betterment of the people who are working in their factories or something. Mm -hmm. Or they're looking at profitability in a different sense and not being wasteful.
3: And so, why do you think it's growing into a major trend now with, like... Because I've heard Mm -hmm. of all three of those tiers. Yeah. You know, it's not just segregated to, like, one of those, Mm -hmm. you know. So, why all three now?
4: So, I think that it has a lot to do with the millennial consumer. Mm -hmm. And so, a lot of people would say that's kind of, like, 21 to 35 right now age range. And so, we're, like the you know the, the cream of the crop right now yeah. <laughs> millennial. Yeah. So millennial this millennial that we're killing applebees I but, know. Um, so I think that we're just so much more like our cohort is very like liberal minded and thinking and everything and so we're translating that back into like wait let's stop like polluting the earth and let's yeah. stop treating people, people like crap And so, Mm -hmm. but the reason why, like, I think the word sustainable has grown so much is because it's a marketing ploy. People aren't just using it, like, in a truthful, honest way. And so, like, H&M, for example, they have, like, a sustainable line. And we all know they're still a fast fashion company. So what does that even mean? Yeah. Just... So, yeah, you have, like, a you know, a line of T-shirts that are made of organic cotton. But what's, like, the other 95% yeah. of your store doing? So Do they only
3: sell T-shirts? Like, no. Yeah.
4: <laughs> like, how can a fast fashion brand actually claim being sustainable? So, I think it's a buzzword right now. And it's just because, you know, if you look back at, like, kind of the history of, something that uh, would be relatable to sustainability. Like, I think in the 1950s, like, the buzzword was, like, environmentally friendly. Yeah. And so all of a sudden, like, that's what everybody wants to buy is something that says that on it. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a combination of millennials and then a combination of people, like, wanting to feel good. Yeah. And like, oh, it says sustainable. So, like, the companies are marketing it that way, so I should buy it, you know? <laughs> and, oh, exactly.
3: And do you think it's going to stay and grow, or do you think it's just going to evolve into...
4: It'll it'll probably stay and grow. It might evolve into like a different buzzword. They might stop using the word sustainable, but maybe you know because a couple years ago the whole um, food industry started with organic, and so organic kind of like blossomed into like non-GMO or like (laughs) antibiotic-free. Yeah, yeah. So I could see this the baseline definition of the sustainable efforts like continuing, but maybe, like, trending under different guys or name or something.
3: Okay. And so as a result of this, like, sustainable movement, like, movement, like, what specific trends have you seen, like, happen as a result, whether that be, like, the type of fibers used or mm-hmm. just, like, marketing, you said? Yeah,
4: yeah. So from a consumer standpoint, like, if you're shopping around, um, a big trend right now would be, like, thrifting, I think. Yeah, so going, and Athens has a huge yeah, culture. Yeah, it's definitely prominent here. Um, so stores, like, the carry vintage stuff, like Dynamite or, like, Junk mm-hmm. Men's or something. Because, um, you know, you can be sustainable if you're, like, reusing. So that's the one aspect that people kind of forget about, too, is, like, reuse, reduce, recycle. So you can do that with clothing, too. It's not just, um, you don't have to like, you like your clothes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't You don't have to, like, be that <laughs> kind of person, self-sustainable. But... Yeah. So I think from, you know, from consumer standpoint, that's something, but then when you're looking at the companies and brands that are, like, they're marketing it and everything, so they're using, like, organic cotton, they're throwing that out there, um, so, it, you know, that makes consumers say, like, oh, organic, like, <laughs> yeah, I want to buy that. So I, the, the main, like, fiber trend that I'm aware of would be, like, cotton, organic yeah. cotton.
3: What's your focus? Why did you choose it, and, like, what have you done so far?
4: So... Um, This is my first semester as a master's student, so I've developed, like, my research concept. And what I've kind of just, like, taken in so far out of this semester is a lot of research articles published are just because the person publishing them wants to be published. So there's a little bit of, like, a bias in academia that I wasn't quite aware of until now. So, my whole thing is well, I have to write a thesis to get my master's degree, so obviously, I'm doing it, yeah, but I want it to be something that actually is substantial and like has some sort of information that will help, and it's not just some fluff that like I've wrote, piece. Yeah, 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 a lot of stuff is just fluff, they wanted to get published, they wanted to get on their tenure track, mm-hmm. so I was like, no, we're doing something that's like we're <laughs> gonna actually look at um what what's going on with like the the whole sustainable uh, fashion marketing stuff and then like the consumer perceptions and behavior. Mm
0: -hmm. And so
4: there's a lot of research already out there that people have done for um, journals saying, hey, we did some research and we found out that consumers are willing to buy sustainable products. And hey, we did some research and we found out that they're willing to pay a 25 percent premium to get a sustainable product and they would be willing to do that, you know, if they knew that it was gonna like help the earth or like help somebody in the third world country that's working there. And so you hear all this good stuff, you're like, oh that's great, like everybody wants to make the world a better place, we're gonna do it, but then you look at actual life and, no, like (laughs) nobody's actually, if you give me a t-shirt a white T-shirt, normal GMO cotton versus an organic cotton T-shirt, that's $30 more that looks the same, I'm not buying that T-shirt. Like, no sensible person <laughs> would. Yeah, yeah, I'm buying the cheap T-shirt. And the people that <laughs> would
3: are, like, a very small portion. Yeah,
4: so. that, that's a very, like, <laughs> niche consumer group. So yeah. if you're trying to, like, help in the big, you know, big trend, uh, reach that mass market, um, so the mass market is, like, saying they would, but they're not doing it. So my research will kind of look at that disconnect. So what is happening between these studies and surveys are saying that they're going to pay that 25% premium, they're really willing to buy this product, Mm -hmm. versus what are they actually doing and why are they doing it?
3: But if they're saying they will pay it, but they're not... That's the
4: thing. So it's like we know that price is the reason, but now we're looking at, like, why? Why are you saying that you'll do it, but then you're not doing it? Yeah. And just kind of, like, analyzing their behavior. Um, so there, there's, like, a, a variable called uh, consumer behavior, um, consumer intentions, consumer be- perceptions. Mm-hmm. So their perceptions and their intentions are aligning with the fact that they would want to pr- uh, consume sustainable fashion items but their actual behavior is telling us something totally different. So that's a gap in the literature. So that's what my research will be kind of looking at is like, what's going on in this gap here? That's (laughs) so interesting. Yeah, thank you.
3: And so is there anything else that you would like to add about like your research or like anything about sustainable fashion?
4: If I just had like a personal, you know, take myself away from the literature and everything. Yeah, personal opinion. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I would say it's not going to change anytime soon. Mm -hmm. Even if we do all the research and say, well, hey, um, you know this is what we should be doing because yeah. it boils down to like producers and manufacturers will not adopt a sustainable strategy unless consumers demand it so I don't think consumers are going to demand it anytime soon yeah <laughs> so, so you it's, think it's like uh, a
3: gradual like a gradual um, goal that yeah, will yeah I
4: think it'll always be like a goal in the future mm-hmm. um, I think it'll just take a lot to get there
0: The final segment you'll be listening to is Aerie Edwards, the owner of Agora Vintage. Ari has been in the vintage business for over 20 years, and she finds that it's important to know your community and give back. Yes, yes. You
5: know, this is the number one bag everybody wants. I haven't even put it on my Instagram page because I know people go crazy. We have a wish list for this. I have been in the vintage and consignment and industry for over tw- almost 20 years now, mm-hmm. and I started my I started my first store, Agora, mm-hmm. um, about 18 years ago on Clayton and Pulaski, mm-hmm. and I set it up as a antique and vintage co-op where everybody could people other people in the community could sell their wares mm-hmm. of vintage and their collections mm-hmm. in that. Building so it was like a collective. It was yeah. like one of the first collective of, of its kind actually so mm-hmm. we had over 50 vendors in there And that way we would have it would be very eclectic and we'd mm-hmm. have a variety of items that you wouldn't see Or anywhere else so that was what was nice about it We got the we had the ability to be able to um, give the community a little bit of a a um, a a flavor of if you like vintage furniture, Mm -hmm. if you like vintage records and music and clothes and then the handbags came in later Because a lot of people were always looking for good designer and vintage uh, handbags And Mm -hmm. so I would I would find things for my customers and Mm -hmm. then it grew with fashion because purses kind of like led into the jewelry and to some other things and Mm -hmm. accessories so a lot of my customers they love um, They love unique pieces, but they also like the nice vintage luxury goods. Who wouldn't if you can get it for like up to 80% off of years? And my customers have become really good friends. Like they, I mean, we, you know, I know them all. Like I see them come in and we, you know, we hang out and I see them in places. And, you know, being a small business owner, it allows me to also be, uh, to give back to the community, which I think Mm -hmm. is very important. I think if you own a business Mm -hmm. in a community like this anywhere, as a small mom-and-pop type of store mm-hmm. we give back. I believe in what we sell. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not just trying to like flip something to, because I know it's going to be popular right mm-hmm. now, but I try to encourage all young girls to like, think smart, especially now mm-hmm. with the economy and things are different yeah. to kind of instead of buying $500 worth of Target stuff, mm-hmm. maybe buy, spend that money on like one nice thing. Yeah, and, you that, know, will last. Like that will <laughs> last. Like that Louis that's gonna last forever and mm-hmm. you can hand it down to somebody. It has lasted. And yeah. It has lasted, you know? And so it's kind of like that mentality and mm-hmm. instead of just throwing a bunch of like fast fashion in the garbage and mm-hmm. in the landfills, Why do that? Like, there's so much fast fashion Mm -hmm. out there that's really sad. And instead of spending all that money on just stuff that's, you know, you're just gonna throw away, Mm -hmm. then buy some nice classic pieces that Mm -hmm. are gonna continue to get, you know, that are not gonna go out of style. That will stay in your closet. Thanks for stopping in. Uh, Bye, bye. Bye. Uh (laughs) Anna. I know. So, so. and so the main thing for me is that I just get really frustrated when I Mm -hmm. see these girls spending all this money and then they say I have no money to buy something nice for themselves but I'm like Mm -hmm. well you could have saved that money and bought something and been smart about it and bought something that was well made Mm -hmm. and most vintage items in here you look at the way that the craftsmanship is in it Mm -hmm. it's unbeatable no designers now could even replicate that because they would have to charge so much Mm -hmm. you could get a vintage dress in here for under $40 and that dress would be like $500 in a boutique somewhere because that's the kind of quality you're talking about but I, I, and I, I think it's about educating people, and I try mm-hmm. to educate my customers, try to educate young people, and I'm always in, in um, the university has me speaking a lot, and I talk mm-hmm. in the fashion school, and that's just something that really... Is important to me and this is why in Athens people appreciate that more so than I think maybe I mean and it's a college town so you have a lot of intelligent people here we do we're very open-minded very intelligent people that are gonna and there's diversity and there are people that are gonna really respect that and I think people understand quality versus just like you know mass produced stuff. Yeah. And and that's more important to me and to be in an environment that supports what I do. Mm-hmm. That's why I've been able to go on as I have mm-hmm. because I think people understand. Marketing says you can buy a dress, you know, at this place for like $25, mm-hmm. but it's going to fall apart. And so you just lo- you, you just basically in my mind, you just wasted $25. You just threw yeah. it away when you could have bought something mm-hmm. the same price for mm-hmm. better quality. And so I think that, you know, hopefully the the younger generation is going to know and understand appreciate the value of things that are better made because it's mm-hmm. it's really um, – and or even taking a vintage item, a vintage clothing piece, and redoing it mm-hmm. because redoing things is very it's, – it's, it's becoming
3: yeah. kind of a trend almost yeah. like hopefully will stay.
5: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's yeah. always going to because you're going to always have art, creative people or t- artists mm-hmm. who want to do something different and kind of do that. But not just – in the mainstream, I think people are realizing that they can find things pre-loved and it doesn't have to be like brand yeah. new. And mm-hmm. pre-loved does not mean that it's not as good. It's Stirable. better. It's more durable. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So the mentality is like, but trying to keep everything out of our landfills is the main thing. I mean, our, our environment. It's atrocious. And yeah. it is atrocious. And it's like, mm-hmm. come on, let's you need to care about your environment? Do you want your kids to be breathing <laughs> in some just, bad stuff Nothing here? important. So yeah, so it's just like, you know, you need to think about these things and more mm-hmm. people, and like most of my closet is vintage, and I love mm-hmm. it. And everywhere I go, everybody compliments me, and it makes me feel good. So mm-hmm. making women feel like wow, and that some girls have a hard time understanding, like what what it, what it's like. Oh, to you're good. You in. can answer that. Yeah, you want to do anyway. Oh, um, okay. Girls have a hard time, maybe dressing Closes. in vintage, mm-hmm. but that's why we're here to help. We're here to like yeah. kind of guide you through this whole process. And then mm-hmm. I think most of the girls that have started with me, they they figure it out, and it's yeah. really fun mm-hmm. and it's really unique and e- easy.
0: A key theme throughout all our interviews was educating yourself, and this takes time. So if you're curious, look it up, think about it, and see what big or small changes you can make to help out the environment. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to Athenia. This is our last episode of the year, but don't worry, we'll be back in January with new episodes. If you want to join our team, reach out to us through our email, radioathenia at gmail.com, or find us on Facebook no prior experience is necessary, just a love for storytelling and Athens. Thanks to Nick Malice for our theme music. Our team includes Jenny Oppa, Lauren Baggett, Sarah Dupuis, Nina Guzman, Angela Higginson, Shannon Hoshield, Robin McIntyre, Paul Oshinsky, Jake Troyer, and Alex Vandenhuvel. This has been Athenia. Thanks for listening.